0: A mother's death may provide a clue of an upcoming AI revolution. And then we travel to Italy to meet a farmer driving through town on his motorcycle. It was just another quiet evening until he saw the glass cage sitting in the town square. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. hey everyone welcome back to another episode of dead rabbit radio i'm your host jason carpenter i'm having a great day i hope you guys are having a great day too i hope you guys have a ton of fun doing whatever cool stuff you guys are doing we got a ton of stuff to cover so we're gonna get started right away first off coming in right now is one of our thanksgiving live stream supporters that we had recently walking into dead rabbit command everyone give it up for walking stick there the name matches what he's doing he's walking and he's walking Joaquin, you're going to be our captain, our pilot of this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially, I totally understand, and it's fine. It honestly is. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really, really helps out a lot. And you can also go to our merch store and do all sorts of fun stuff there. You can click on you can click on things and buy them. Whee! Joaquin, I'm going to go ahead and start off by giving you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We are leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are driving all the way out to Hollywood, California. <laughs> And as we're driving down there, I want to do an update for a story that I had done not too long ago. I actually got some new information. Episode 777. It was Castaways from Beyond the Stars. Really cool story about a UFO that crashed on an island. We don't have any more information about that. But on that same episode, I covered a story about a anime convention and there it was like called Anime Friends, Brazil. And apparently there is an urban legend that a guy was so into cosplaying as this Naruto character who like was a puppet ninja that he took a real corpse from his medical school and stuffed it into his costume. This <laughs> makes sense. Right now you're like trying to picture this guy walking around with his rotting corpse. they like, Look at we're wearing the same shirt. It's like arms are falling off. No, it was like he had this casket or this urn strapped to his back, which is from the show. And it's supposed to be like this puppet drops out. And apparently this puppet was a homeless man's body that the guy who was dressing up as Naruto... Naruto character. I'm totally butchering it. People even listen to that episode. They're like, what? I totally have lost you. The point is, is that there's an urban legend that a guy snuck a human corpse into an anime convention. And I said this one might be real. We actually have a screenshot of this magazine. And I famously said, I've had I have no joke, I have had people stop me walking down the street, because a lot of people here in town know that I do this podcast, they listen to the podcast, they go, Jason, you said recently, right when they start, I know exactly where they're going with this. In that episode, I said I don't speak Spanish, but I know a little bit of Latin. So when I'm reading this article about this Brazilian rumor, it does look like it mentions a little bit about a decaying body. And I got stopped multiple times and they said, you know they don't speak Spanish in Brazil, right, bro? Is that like a bit where you do doing a bit? And i was like, eyes are going side to side. Yeah, it's pretty funny, huh? So they don't speak Spanish in Brazil. They speak Portuguese, right? And the magazine was not in Spanish, but this was interesting. I was able to make out a couple of the words. After getting, after getting publicly flogged for making that mistake on YouTube, Hayan Kun, Kungiri, Hayan Kungiri on YouTube said, who does speak Portuguese and they're Brazilian, and they were able to translate the article. They said, listen, it was a weird angle from the photograph. And it was blurry, but from what this is cool because this gives us more information what the article actually says, what they can read at least is that there was a rumor about an anime friends convention where a guy was carrying a cadaver in the article, though it says it was a small animal, likely a howler monkey, and then the convention organizers denied the rumors pretty much this the summary that. Haiyan Kigiri gave. So that was awesome. Thank you so much for that. I wanted to give you guys feedback. Wanted to give them that shout out. Um, Very, very interesting. So yeah, it does sound... I, I was thinking it was weird. Uh, carrying around 180 pounds of dead weight, whether or not you put it in a box, that's going to be an ordeal. That's a long day at the con. A little howler monkey, but it, that, that makes a little more sense. But I wanted to update that story and probably something to it, probably something stinky in there. But not a human corpse. So thank you. And that is a really cool update. I really like that story. Because conventions are already really smelly places. So if you can smell something over the normal smell of the unwashed nerds, then you then you know that it's bad. Then you know that it's bad. I spent many a, many an hour at Magic the Gathering at Not cons, but I'd go to a lot of comic book shops playing Magic the Gathering and Jihad and all this stuff, these old card games. And I, yeah, the smell is quite unbearable. But we are done with that story, Joaquin. Let's go ahead and keep driving that Jason Jalopy down here to Hollywood. And we get out. We're walking around. We're not looking for Steven Spielberg's house. That is not what this episode's about. It's not a callback to yesterday's horrifying episode. We're walking around Los Angeles, and we come outside a studio, and it's like, has all the big posters of all the television shows that are going on. And we're like, hey, look at It's Will and Grace. We check our watches. We're like, what? Is it 2012? Why is that still up there? We're seeing all these television shows. Like This is where they filmed the set. We're standing outside, and we're looking at this Will and Grace sign. We're like, oh, that's kind of weird that's still up. <laughs> that's kind of weird that anyone watched this show in the first place. And we see kind of this hustle and bustle going into the studio. And going into the studio is the staff, the staff of this whole show. And one of the people who's working on this show back when it was actually in production was a woman named Karen Ray Schick. She's an assistant director who's had a very, very long career in Hollywood. The very first show that Karen worked on, is one of my favorite shows growing up. I don't know how well it holds up, but I remember just being thoroughly entertained by this show, so hats off to you, Karen. That's not a joke. Get a Life, starring Chris Elliott. You guys remember that show, Get a Life? Fox was always trying to do like really weird entertainment. They still do with stuff like It's Always Sunny, but Get a Life was unlike any sitcom. It really spoke to my kids in the hall comedy sensibilities. I loved Get Life and that was her first show as well. And she worked consistently. I mean, she it almost looked like she was doing multiple television shows a season. And this goes on and on and on. And she's doing some really, really big shows as well. Long career, long career in Hollywood. But she's passed away recently. She's passed away. And that's where this story starts because Karen Ray's uh, child one day wanted to kind of Google her and kind of see, you know, just. I, going through this user's post they go by the name Spooks and Giggles we're going to call them i we're going to call her Stella i don't know her exact name so stella is decides to google google her mom one night and is a fairly small internet presence does have a very active imdb page but as they're googling this information they get directed to a website called celebrity deaths you know what that's weird Like, I mean, I guess she was a celebrity. I mean, she was an assistant director in all these hit shows, but like, I I wouldn't really classify her her as a celebrity. This, This is odd. And this sets off a whole chain of events, because when you click on these articles, what you are seeing is a bot written article that's scouring social media posts there's a website that all it does is look for celebrities dying or any sort of true crime murder news, and it scrapes the information off of Facebook or Instagram, wherever it's getting it, probably everywhere. And then this AI, this bot, is compiling these articles. Now, we've seen stuff like that before. We've actually talked about stuff like that before. Episode 773, I talked about the Miami Herald bot. They're now using a bot to write real estate ads. But this has become far more sinister than just that. It'd be one thing if they were just scouring the web and putting this stuff up. And on these websites, it does make a note. It says, this is not an obituary. We're just pulling information from tribute sites and social media posts and things like that. And when we go to these sites Stella was saying, kept saying cuz they were po- started posting all over Reddit about this. And I honestly thought it was an ARG. I almost ignored this story when I first saw it cuz I was seeing this in Mysteries of the World, I was seeing this in Reddit Bureau of Information and all this or investigation. I was seeing this in all those places. There was no engagement. No one was playing around with it. And I was like, oh, "God, this is probably just an ARG," but for whatever reason, I went back to look at it, and they said, "Listen, I, I'm finding all these sites that are mentioning my mom's name. It looks like a bunch of them are from India. I don't know what any of this stuff means." He, they're getting really mad. They're posting because there's a Reddit account called Jocko that it posts. I don't know fifteen times an hour boosting these articles like it's pumping these articles out quicker than you could write them. okay maybe not quicker than you could write them but incredibly fast so if you go to the subreddits for jocko they're like the subreddit called uh celebrity death that's what it's called in the subreddit celebrity death subreddit it's just link after link after link after link after link of all these articles and this computer is just pumping these things out I'm sorry, the subreddit's called Death Obituaries. Death Obituaries is the name of that subreddit. Do- dozens of posts an hour. And that that's weird, right? The fact, what would be the point of scouring this stuff to get this information? And people, there was some engagement on Reddit, and they go, it's clicks, right? They have you click on this, and then you, they get a couple of pennies. And if you do this enough times, then the pennies add up. The question is, why are they trumping up Karen as a celebrity? Because I guess she is. She worked in the television business and she did a lot of good work. But just, just an interesting thing. But that's not even the weird part of the story. While I'm investigating this, I'm scrolling through the Jocko account on Reddit. And I'm looking at all the other articles and I'm just kind of scrolling through. I'm looking at all these other articles they've posted. I come across one and this is the headline. And this is pretty typical for how these bot written headlines are read. Quote, James Crumbly Death. Dead. Obituary news. The second Blahino profile pick is of a Spanish soccer player who passed away. James Crumbly was a kid's soccer coach. Click link to read full story. And you click on it. Obviously, I'm like, click the link. Gotta know more. And the reason why, I mean, the guy posts 50, or the bot posts all these articles, the reason why that stuck out to me is I know that name, James Crumbly. That's the father of that kid who just shot up that school, Ethan Crumbly. Ethan Crumley, I do have to say this. He looks like the flu. Have you guys seen a picture of this new school shooter? He looks like the Mucinex guy. He looks gross. I don't know. I don't know why this has all of a sudden become a Paris Hilton podcast, but he looks like a human disease. It's really weird. Like you can see the, the goo coming out of him. Either that, or I need to go talk to my doctor and start taking some anti hallucinogenic medicine. Because he's gross looking. He looks like Grimace Wormtongue on a bad day. Anyways, James Crumley was his dad. And James Crumley's like, oh, you're super gross. You're super disgusting. Don't hug me. James Crumbly. And I recognize the name and I go, wait a second. Maybe there's two James Crumleys walking around. I'm sure. So I clicked on that. And it was an article. It was just gibberish talking about James Crumley talking about Blahino. And I go, who the hell is Blahino? I don't know who this guy is. Blahino is a weightlifter who's so notorious, apparently he has his own Wikipedia. Not his own Wikipedia page. He has the Blahpedia, where people post stuff about all this cringe things he's done. Apparently he's a weightlifter who is also a CIA assassin, believes the Illuminati is fake, and... Not only is the Illuminati fake, which I can, that that's a fair assessment. He believes the Illuminati is fake and it was invented by Muslims on the internet. And I go, ooh, I gotta check that <laughs> I gotta check this guy out. <laughs> I mean, I've spent five minutes looking at his page. <laughs> this is fascinating. So we're probably gonna do a future Blahino themed segment. But so he has nothing to do, he has nothing to do with soccer. I tried finding is there another guy who plays soccer who does Blahino? Um Nothing to do with James Crumbly. So what it looks... Oh, and it says in the article, James Crumbly was a kid's soccer coach. So I go, is that true? I don't know. So I looked it up in James Crumbly. The only connection I could find between... This is all tragic. The only connection I could find between soccer and Ethan Crumbly and James, the dad, is that one of the victims, a young woman who was injured, played soccer. So that pops up in these search fields. These These bots are just constructing these articles. So it's not just... They're doing the celebrity deaths. It's not just they're taking people who actually passed away. It seems like they're trying to find things that get hits out there and trying to consolidate them. But that's not even the weirdest part of this story. So I'm going to all these websites. And if you type in Karen Ray Schick, even though she had this long career, she didn't have a huge Internet presence. You will see page after page of these bot articles. That's the number one hit for her now is all of these bot articles. And you're clicking on them and you're looking at them and stuff like that. And it's just all this, all this AI generated stuff. But like I said, it's even weirder than that because one of the art, this is the article that caught my eye. This is the article that when Stella was putting out there, it caught my eye. Is this is the headline, is the assistant director dead or alive? Karen Ray Schick, death news, hoax, rumors, details. Now, this article was just published on December 3rd. I don't know when Karen Ray Schick passed away. This article was just published on December 3rd. And it tells the story about Karen Ray was a worldwide famous assistant director. I don't think any assistant director is well famous, but anyways, it goes on. <laughs> you're, you're an assistant director. You're like, aw, sorry, you're famous, but everyone else I don't know of. And it kind of goes on through, uh, through her career. And it says in 1989, she started as a production manager. So, I mean, we just have these weird generated sentences. Now, it could be, I was as I was saying this, I was saying it could be a translation error, but I don't think so because even with the translation errors, the output is just so much. I do think it's AI pushing this stuff out, but just weirdly worded sentences. And then it goes, does the first initial question arise, this is a quote, does the first initial question arise about her after the current situation that is she dead or alive? Even the official sources of news have not confirmed the death. So there is a lack of confirmation, and that's why, absolutely, she is alive and doing good in work. We will also get more amazing work from the personality in the upcoming days. And then it lists some random shows she worked on. And and Stella's reading this article, and it's infuriating, it's very hurtful. This is a mother who has passed away, and now there's a death hoax surrounding Karen Ray Schick. Now, obviously, I'm going to go on the record. I don't believe in this hoax. I'm not trying to prop up this hoax in any way, shape, or form. Why is this doing that? The site made up a death hoax. All it knew about her was that she recently passed away. She worked in Hollywood. And who it it, it generated an article that would get people to click on it. Maybe 10 people, and then the article would just be forgotten in a source, but that would be 10 cents or or you know 10. Maybe you get a dime each time. I don't know. I don't know how it's working. Clicking on the ads. But hoaxes and death hoaxes and celebrities faking their deaths, that all is part of pretty common conspiracy 101 lore, right? Tupac, Elvis, Miley Cyrus, all these people who have faked their own deaths or been killed and replaced by clones, stuff like that. So we are at a point that I predict, I predicted this, what, a couple weeks ago, I did an episode called, Should We Melt the Conspiracy Theory Iceberg? It was episode 704, so it was actually a couple months ago. But the point is, is that we were coming across conspiracy theory icebergs that were generated by AIs. And I said, eventually we're going to get to a point where you're going to have conspiracy articles written by AIs. And here we are now. It's happening now. This is a conspiracy article. It's not true. It's not true. And it's written in a mysterious way that maybe they are alive. And then it says, no, no, they are alive. All that information was fake. It made up a conspiracy theory. Now, 99.999%, and this is not to diminish her work, but 99.999% of humanity will never Google or look up the name Karen Rayschick. They just won't. So I don't understand why this is doing that. I guess that if you do it enough and you get enough clicks, they, they're getting what they want. But this is such a niche, niche article. Niche? Whatever. The point is, it's such a small audience for the article. It's an assistant director who recently passed away and then people who are also into death hoaxes. And it's almost there. The machine is almost ready to go. Because here's the thing. You keep perfecting that. And they see which articles get the hits and which ones don't. That James Crumbly article with Blahino probably got a lot more hits. Because a lot of times it's just local crime thing. Guys got shot at ATM. And no one's really going to click on that. I mean, maybe the guy's family is sad. But they'll just go to the legitimate news. But like the James Crumbly Blahino thing... That probably gets more clicks. This AI is going to keep fine-tuning itself. It's that whole idea. You build a machine that makes nothing but paperclips, and eventually it turns the entire universe into paperclips because it has one sole purpose, to make paperclips. We're creating AIs that have a purpose to create clickable articles, and it will learn what articles are the most clickable. Whether or not they're true or not is irrelevant. Whether or not the planet Saturn wants to be turned into paperclips is irrelevant. And the AI will get good enough, and it knows what we want, and it will make conspiracy theories up. And the worst part is, is people will believe them. Not a lot of people read articles nowadays. A lot of people just read the headlines. But as this AI, and I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow, but I didn't think this was going to happen as quickly as it did. But I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to start seeing these AI-generated conspiracy theories getting out there, and most of them are going to be like this, just a blink. It really, really irritates the people that it's close to, but no one else is aware of it. But then we're going to get the big ones. Some big ones, like, I don't know, Flat Earth level, but Orange is Evil, Monkeys Don't Exist level, which is it does have a cult following. And the AI will learn and learn how to make better conspiracy theories, and people will start to believe them. Utter nonsense. They will believe utter nonsense because the computer told them to. This is a very, very dark path we're going down. And that's not even the weirdest part. Because as I was researching this story, I got hacked. My pCloud account, which I never really have anything in, suffered multiple brute force attacks. And so I took the IP and I put it in my IP locator. They came from India. And I put those links in the show notes. You can actually see the IP and where it was at. As I was researching this, just because I was clicking on these links my google accounts started flipping out i got multiple emails going there's an attempt that someone's trying to log into your account someone's trying to log into your account and so they're doing it from multiple locations cuz i was clicking on these articles now i'm a seasoned computer guy right i'm i know my way around computers i work with other people's computers i i do not get viruses easily this was just from pulling up the website this was from me not clicking on anything not watching an ad, not seeing a sexy, ebony video game ad, just from pulling up the website and going there and looking at it, my pCloud account had several brute force attempts. And I thought, two, four, you know, you have that two-factor authorization set up and all that stuff. So that's the future. That is the future of, I think, conspiracy theory content. We're going to have to fight against this because it's going to be really cool and it's going to be super sexy and the stories the AI will put out will speak to us on a certain level and will make us go, whoa, this is it's coming from some enlightened person. They'll get better at the text generation. They'll get better at the sentence structure and those headlines to get people to click on it in the first place. They'll be indistinguishable from what an, a normal lunatic would write. And it'd actually be better because it would be fine-tuned for what type of things people are into. Could you imagine an AI getting a hold of a PizzaGate level, cons- creating a PizzaGate level conspiracy? That's what I'm worried about. So, yeah, fascinating story. Sorry for your passing, Karen, and sorry for the pain that it's giving to your child. That's awful. Because they're like, that, that you know, I don't want this. So, but it is a, a harbinger, I believe, of future bad. Joaquin, let's go ahead and leave behind this story. I'm going to toss you the keys of the Carpenter We're Leave behind Los Angeles, California. We are headed all the way out to Avonio, Italy. It's spring 1980, and there's like bumblebees flying. They're like sitting on flowers, and there's like the sun is going goodbye and he's... because I just looked down at my notes and it takes place at night. And the sun sets and then it's like an evening. It's a cool, crisp spring evening in Italy. There's a local farmer riding his motorcycle through town. Let's call him Terry. So Terry... I was going to see how long I can do that. I was going to see if I can do it for the rest of the episode. I just like making motorcycle noises. He's driving through town on his motorcycle. And he sees something in the town square. A giant glass cage. He stops his motorcycle. Pulls his key out. I should just stop doing this podcast and just do an episode Nothing But Motorcycle Noises. That one was pretty good. And he gets off of his motorcycle, and he starts walking over, and he's looking at this glass cage in town square. Now, it doesn't say exactly what time of night this was. It doesn't say how alone he was. But I'm imagining there weren't a lot of people around, because he's the only one at this point who notices this giant glass cage. And you're thinking, maybe it's an art project, right? Maybe. Maybe, but if you'd let me finish, if you didn't interrupt me, I could tell you what was going on here. So, walking towards this glass cage, and he sees inside of it is something. Something sitting down. And as he's getting closer to this glass cage, he looks and he notices there's someone inside of it. Or something. Something. This figure was very tall. Even sitting down, Terry could tell how tall this thing was. It was sitting straight up, with its hands on its knees, perfectly poised. But his entire that would just be that would just be Abraham Lincoln getting ready for his photograph to be taken. It's just a tall guy. But this thing, that's why it's a thing, its entire body is covered in long green filaments. Each inch of its skin seems to be a little green, a little furry. This thing also had long hair. But for whatever reason, fashionable, I don't know, fashionable, interdimensional physics, its hair was standing straight up in the air. He continues walking towards, I would i would have left, I would have left a while ago, right? I would have been making motorcycle noises back at home. He continues walking towards this giant green monster. And that's when all of a sudden he's hit with a powerful odor. It is so strong it actually begins to disorient him. He can't get any closer. This thing smells so strong. Not bad. They don't specify that it was a bad smell. It's just such an overpowering smell. He couldn't get any closer. He begins to back off. And he turns and he starts walking to his motorcycle. He's like, if it wasn't our project, if it was the most smelly art project ever, I don't know. What could it have been? It was a giant guy in a glass tube. It could have just been a sculpture or something like that. And then all of a sudden he hears, The sound of glass breaking. He turns back. And he sees two blonde women standing in the town square. Screaming at the top of their lungs. And then. That's the end of the story. According to the report. The, la- the It just says, he walked back to his motorcycle and then heard a sound similar to glass breaking. As he looked back, he saw two blonde girls screaming. No other information is how this report ends. And that was reported by Maurizio Verga. He actually is a really big UFO writer in Italy. He wrote the very first, he, he at least what he claims, the very first book of UFO sightings in Italy in English. It was the very first time that those sightings had been translated to English. Very, very, there's so much stuff you could talk about with this story. As short as it is, there's so many places you can go with it. We don't have a ton of information. I tried looking for the book that this spe- specifically came from. I couldn't find it, but he is still putting stuff out. And I'll tell you this right now. If you want to go to the website of this man, Maurizio Verga, you will see the website of an Italian UFO researcher. If you picture an Italian UFO researcher, it's him. It's the hunkiest researcher you've ever seen. Like, there, the photos, like, it's, a, it's like, welcome. Here are the books I have to sell about E.T. And the website is bordered in photos of him with, like, his shirt off. He was just, like, standing there against the, a rail with the Atlantic Ocean on his back. Like, it's like, is this is a dating profile? Are you trying to find aliens, bro? Because you found both. So you have this, you have this honky UFO researcher on the scene, but let's break this down by element because there's really a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. One, the glass box appearing in the town square. Just that alone makes me think of some sort of interdimensional event. It is just there. It's, it's something that is out of place of the environment. So right there, that's just a creepy image. The giant creature in the box. We don't get it. I, I mean, a humanoid. I'm assuming. Um, the filament thing, was it an artificial filament or was it, I keep saying hairy just because I couldn't think of another word, but was it like more of a mechanical or a biomechanical feel? Was it more like tubing? How thick were they? I think that's really fascinating. The creature with its hair standing up, actually, I, to be honest, I don't like that detail. That detail is super lame to me. Um, uh, it makes them sound like a giant troll doll, but I, I'm a reporter. I got to include it. Um. But, yeah, again, like, how is that the physical plane? And then I find it so much, so he's, and I I joke about wanting to leave, but I would also probably get pretty close to this thing. He gets close to it. He's hit with the overpowering smell. It's very, very common in paranormal lore, whether it's sulfur, whether it's, well, it's usually sulfur, but these smells that are associated with Bigfoot sightings. Well, Bigfoot sightings, not necessarily sulfur, but it's just a horrible smell that we have associated with Bigfoot. So that's interesting. It, it ties into the lore. Let's go back and look at this final ending here. This this final event. Because there's two ways to read it. The first way I read it. And the second way I read it, there's probably more than just the two ways that I read it. I'm not God of the Universe. But anyways, so the first time I read it, I pictured it like this. He sees the giant green guy. He smells it. He's turning around to leave. He hears the glass break. And he turns back and he sees the two blonde women screaming. And the... To me, the implication is that they, the creatures, after them, that they got too close to it, and the creature broke out of the glass cage and was coming after them. That was my initial read on that. No other information is how that ends. What a great cliffhanger! Like, did this thing come out and you know eat them? Did it brutally maul them? Did it throw an arm around each babe and be like, "Where's the nearest club, women? I'm from Orion's Nebula and I'm ready to party!" Like, we don't know. We don't know. But there's another way to read it, too, just using the exact same text. And this, when I was reading it later, this was like, well, maybe this is what happened. He then heard a sound similar to glass breaking. As he looked back, he saw two blonde girls screaming. No other information. He hears the shattering of the glass. There's the big giant green monster in the glass cage he hears the shattering of the glass he's not looking at it he turns back and now in place of the glass cage he sees two blonde women screaming because that's what it sounds like when you read it like that it doesn't say that he saw the monster at all it doesn't say that he saw the glass cage in rubble he turned back and he saw in its place two blonde women screaming which, to me, is infinitely more bizarre and a little a little terrifying. Because that goes back into that whole reality-shifting, alternate... I can't even really wrap my head around that. If I saw a glass box and monster breaks out of a glass box and attacks a bunch of random people, not me, I'm fine with that. I can wrap my head around that because that's what animals do. That's what humans do, right? You break out and you fight. You just start beating up people near you. Never play Couch Cushion it with me because I'll push out of them and start beating you up. But I'm thinking about this now. What if that box shattered and two blonde women who had been abducted by aliens or something like that appeared? Like, this was some sort of dimensional placeholder. The beast was no threat. The beast was just some sort of image that was conjured up. And when the glass thing disappeared, the women were returned. Or. The glass box explodes. I'm making this like way weirder than I, 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 the glass box explodes. He turns back. He sees two blonde women screaming. Are the two blonde women real? Are they also an image? Like, where did they come from? You know what I'm saying? Like, what if this green monster man shows up in a glass box? And he's sitting there, and he's like, I've journeyed long from Orion's Nebula. (laughs) Wanted a party, but first to have a mission to complete. And then he breaks out of the glass cage and becomes two hot blonde chicks. And they're screaming because the mission's a success. Because you can't tell the difference. When a woman's screaming, you can't tell if someone just chopped off her right foot or she saw her best friend she hasn't seen in three years. And so Terry turns around, he's like, ah, and now... There was these two hot blondes walking around Italy, but it was really one giant green alien guy split between them. And they're like going to the clubs and they're like dancing with each other, all sexy against each other. But for him... See, for him, that would just be him, like, playing with his own, like, tweaking with his own nipples. Little nipple clamps. But to everyone else, looks like these two hot blondes are, like, rubbing up on each other. And then he goes, okay, I, I got that out of my system. I really wanted to... He's like, next up, the shower! But anyway, so after about two or three weeks of him just exploring himself, or herself, now that he's two blonde women, then they go get a job at, like, I don't know, a nuclear power plant? Do they... have to- in Italy? Do they have those in Italy? They go to France. What if he has used these blonde women's bodies to infiltrate our planet? Because I'm gonna tell you this right now. That is the perfect disguise. Because you just people will let you go anywhere. Like if you're walking into a nuclear if I was walking into a nuclear facility, they'd be like, Jason, <laughs> they immediately recognize me, they're like, Not again. No, you cannot have any plutonium. And if you did, it would not turn you into a superhero. You have to leave. But imagine like a super hot blonde, like walking by. She's like, oh no, I need to go in there. (laughs) It's like an open reactor. They're like, sure, go ahead. And if there's two hot blondes, I'm glad, does it even say in the notes that they're hot? It just says they're two blonde girls. But, you know, if two hot blondes showed up at the White House, they're like, we want to see the president. The Secret Service is going to be like, that's cool. And just like, let them in. My point is, is... I don't know what this ending is. Not, not this ending I'm recording right now, but this ending of the story. I think there's the w- way to read it. And I think the classical way to read it is the monster broke out and went after the girls. And maybe the, maybe we have lost time. Terry doesn't really remember what happened because that's very common in UFO lore that something crazy happens and then the memory just stops. Totally possible. But it would also be. A hundred times more puzzling if he turns around, the green monster's gone, the two blonde women are there screaming, and then they just walk away. That would also just be the end of the story. And you would have a harder time wrapping your head around that. Monsters attacking people, that's what monsters do. Monsters turning into people or monsters ceasing to exist and then two people just standing there. That's way weirder, and it's infinitely more scary. Infinitely more scary, because then I have to wonder, who's to say, like, when I'm walking down the street, that that the people around me aren't giant green monsters split in half. They probably aren't, right? If that's your unique paranoia, I'm not saying I'm not trying, I'm not trying to worry you. But it would be the perfect way to infiltrate. Coming down and turning into beautiful women, and you would like be marrying like super powerful people. You'd be marrying UFO researchers, hunky UFO researchers. Ooh. That would be yeah, I wonder, actually, now that I say that. That would be really good in aliens come down and then they start banging UFO researchers because, you know, we're like the, the, the top of the genetic breed. But then they could could change our research. So yeah, I don't know. It's, I think there, there's like chasing the story was actually really creepy. The idea that there's a monster appears in the middle of town and starts chasing women. That was creepy. I don't know. That was creepy. I don't know what you're going on about all this. Women can go anywhere. Are you even at when you're saying that a beautiful woman can walk into a nuclear power plant? I'm not saying, okay, maybe not the White House, but I think it's easier them to, for them to get access. And I'm talking like top models, right? If you're super hot, you'd have an easier time getting into a restricted area. And where do aliens want to go? Restricted areas. They're constantly flying their UFOs over nuclear power plants. And maybe they go, now let's go see what's inside. So they tried being like a little gray alien and they got dissected. And then they just tried looking like a normal nerd who works in a nuclear power plant. And they're like, can we see your ID? And then they showed up as like Jessica Rabbit. And the, the general's like, boing! His eyes are like, whoa 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 whoa. They're like, oh, we need to keep him away from that plutonium. I think it's starting to melt his face. He's all, aw. <laughs> and so, that's what I'm talking about. Aliens should should become beautiful women and infiltrate these high-level plays. <laughs> I just realized, I think I've described like five Cinemax softcore porns in the past ten minutes. But yeah, I think that would be a good plan. So So, was this really... A spooky monster that broke out of a glass cage? Did I ruin a story? Did I ruin a really cool story about a monster that broke out of a glass cage and attacked two women? And then Terry just had no recollection because his memory was wiped? It's possible. It's very scary. Or that I discover a conspiracy that aliens... is very, very specific conspiracy theory. No AI could come up with this. That aliens are coming down and turning themselves into two hot blondes. Because if you think that we can fight off an alien invasion, you're probably right. But what if the aliens were super bangable? Would you be willing to pick up a pulse rifle and shoot Pamela Anderson, like an army of them, coming at you in the Baywatch outfit? They're not dressed in like some dumb alien outfit, they're dressed up in the red outfit, and like Britney Spears is like on this commander ship and she's like sending a bunch of Taylor Swift's out. Those are those are like, those are like the ground forces, the foot soldiers. They're like, oh, you can wipe those off the map. They're coming across the field, but no one take out the rainy spares. Wouldn't you, we wouldn't be able to do that. We wouldn't be able to do that. We would just bow down to our beautiful alien overlords. And I've realized that now that I've spoken that into the universe on the Omnicron Nebula, they're already in their ships right now, headed out to earth. It'll be the sexiest invasion of all time. DeadRabbitRadio gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also set us up at facebook.com slash radio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.